Having Hugo had been going much too fast, as usual, on his motorbike. Even before he was taken to hospital, it was too late to save him. At first she'd been too broken to think about anything. She'd lived from day to day for a while, on social benefits, on little part-time jobs in local shops where they didn't mind her having the baby with her in the back room. But a natural instinct to be up and doing something had asserted itself. Because she was still interested in the care of furniture, she'd answered an advertisement for full-time work as an office cleaner. That had turned out to be night work, gruelling stuff. At first she'd hesitated because of the unsociable hours, but then she thought it might suit her. She wanted to be with her little son during the daytime, so various reliable babysitters had taken care of Freddie while she was at work during the night. Neighbours, women she'd come to know while serving in the small local shops. It was hard and demanding work. She found the work routine in the deserted offices. It made her very tired, but she had a sturdy body, rather tall, strong-boned, with fair skin and light brown hair, from some Viking ancestor, perhaps. She found her new life a challenge and met it with vigour and enthusiasm. Soon it became clear to the firm supplying the office cleaners that not only was she a good worker, she also had organising ability. She was promoted to lead a team, and later several teams. Her wages increased, but it began to dawn on her that she could make more money by running a firm of her own. After much debating with herself and worry about the financial risk, she launched her little enterprise. One or two of the kind-hearted souls who'd been her babysitters formed the nucleus of her cleaning staff. She ran the business at first from her cramped flat in a terraced house, But as her services became more in demand, she'd taken a lease on an empty shop with living accommodation above. Not ideal, but when she compared it with her life just after Hugo's death, it was luxury. Now her firm was fairly well known. House care helpers flourished because the area was full of rather fine old houses owned by rather well-off people, most of them anxious to be as green as possible. Libby guaranteed that her firm would use organic cleaning materials as much as possible and would be environmentally friendly in everything they did. They would also be reliable, discreet and not intrusive. As she looked round her trim, efficient little office, she thought she'd kept her promises to her clients. Until now. Amy was still ranting on about the ill-mannered tribe at Ashgrove. And how many of them are there? That's what I want to know. Who are we supposed to take orders from? First bad-tempered old Grandy tells me to do something, then the dreamy one says, No, no, you're interrupting my meditation. And next some tall bloke comes barging out of his office and says to be quiet, he's trying to work. It's difficult, I know, soothed Libby. When she had first been contacted by telephone, she'd received rather a favourable impression of the Moorfield family. Roseanne Moorfield, the woman Amy now called the dreamy one, was soft-spoken and hesitant. She broached the ecological aspect of housework at once. I understand from your advertisement that you, um... Well, I gather you don't use any harsh stuff, chemicals, that sort of thing? No, we're devoted to doing as little harm as possible to the health of our clients in their home and to the environment in general, Mrs Moorfield. Our aim is to... You have to care for the background harmony in everyone's life said Roseanne Moorfield, taking up Libby's assurance without letting her finish. You will ensure that peace and serenity are preserved while you're at work, won't you? Certainly, my helpers are trained to be unobtrusive, and of course there's the garden to consider. 
The person you send, the gardener, must be in tune with nature, you know. I like the garden to be rather relaxed, not too much pruning or mowing, so that things can flourish there. Butterflies, the blue tits, and there's a heron that comes sometimes. He's really more interested in fishing in the canal, you know. Still, he likes our garden, and I want him to keep visiting. Of course, we have a man who undertakes most of the outdoor work. I can vouch for Jacob's considerate... Good, well, I think that sounds all right. I think we should go ahead with this. On her visit of inspection, to get some idea of the extent of the work, Mrs Moorfield had not been present. Instead, she met Philip Moorfield, who was by no means dreamy. He had accompanied her around the house with ill-concealed impatience, and at the end had spoken rather tersely. So, how much...